0: Welcome, dear listeners. You are listening to the Kai side Book Club podcast. I am your host, Jackson Sharman. Today on the Book Club, we have a long-time Book Club member, Matt Condon. Matthew Rice, welcome. Thank you for having me, Jackson. I uh, should say to listeners that this is the first Book Club meeting uh, we've had where my guest is not in the same room as me in seasons one and two. Uh, so hopefully... It doesn't go awful. Uh, I've been trying to get Matt on the book club for a while. Um, This semester of our academic year, Matt was preoccupied on Tuesday evenings where our normal book club meetings are with his uh, duties with the executive committee at Washington and Lee. Uh, So we all applaud Matt for his leadership but lament that he could not appear on our regular programming. Uh, Book club listeners will remember, That he came on the show last season to discuss Nathaniel Rateliff uh, and the Night Sweats. And uh, today we will be discussing a similar subject, uh, Rateliff's 2020 solo album, and it's still all right. But Matt, we haven't talked in a while. Uh, Where are you and how are you faring during coronavirus?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, Given the circumstances, it's hard to complain. I am currently at home in Marietta, Georgia uh starting to climb up the walls here at home just not used to being spending extended periods of time here like i did in high school but given the circumstances i'm healthy family is healthy so it's hard to complain yeah
0: i could say there are people faring worse than us absolutely uh, who have the virus i am still in lexington i do not want to uh, go home and um it's It's a lonely place on Washington Lee's campus without everybody here um, so to the show uh, originally we were just going to talk about Nathaniel Rayliff's album. it's an album uh, we've talked about not on the book club that we both love and um, a real um, great set of songs from Railiff. bit of a departure from the night sweat stuff but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, First, something we weren't going to talk about, but it just kind of hit. Uh, I know I speak for both of us when I say the loss of the great singer and songwriter John Prine uh, was very saddening. I knew, you know, he had the virus. I'd seen on social media, and even though he was seventy-three, uh, he was right in that age range that is was affected uh, by coronavirus, and it was very unexpected.
1: It was it was really really tough, uh, especially because I had not gotten really into John Prine's music until much later than I should have. I really first became aware of John Prine and a lot of his music from Nathaniel Rateliff and Jason Isbell also, because they both cite John Prine as such big inspirations Mm -hmm. of theirs, not only in their music style, but also especially in their songwriting because he is such, such a gifted songwriter that it was only i just started listening to him once i heard that he had passed and so i had just kind of fallen in love with all of his music when he passed and so that was an especially rude awakening
0: like you said uh, nathaniel weightliff um jason isbell close with uh prime jason isbell uh wrote an excellent article um in the new york times about john prine and his influence and and um yeah you can find it i it's on the um, retweeted off the Kai Book Club social Check that. Oh, uh, media. Check really so that. It's really excellent. It goes into depth about how John Prine was a very um, empathetic songwriter. He, he wrote his best, mm-hmm. uh, one of his best known songs, uh, Angel from Montgomery. He mm-hmm. wrote that when he was a mailman in Chicago, oh, wow. and yet he put himself in the shoes of an old woman. Um, and he, he famously said, Uh, When I grew up, I want to be an old person. And a lot of the songs were from the perspective of old
1: people. And um, it's really empathetic. Mm -hmm. um, Another one that's interesting, insightful songs. Another song that's a lot like that from that original album of his, his self-titled album in 1971 is Hello in There, which he sings about kind of the perspective from an old married couple who had lost children over the years and slowly kind of fallen out of touch and how they don't talk much anymore. And his wife just sits hours on end looking out the back screen door and they really just looking for someone to say hello in there and that's the kind of song you hear and when you don't you're not familiar with the background you think surely someone in their 70s and 80s with a lot of life experience has written this something with such convincing emotion but he was 24 when he wrote that song which is just shocking that he can have that kind of perception at, at that such at such a young age as such a talented young songwriter. And I love the story about how
0: he was kind of discovered. He was just in a bar in the last act. No one was really there. Chris Christopherson of the, you know, of Highwaymen. fame comes in, hears him, you know, signs him up. You know, gets, gets some exposure in Prine's own label, Boy Records, ended up paying Christopherson back later, you know, um, releasing some of his songs. And, um... I love, I love that story about how he was just a mailman. And he just uh, wrote and sang his own songs for fun, but he didn't think of uh, anything would come of it. And I think he stayed that way throughout his whole career, just kind of it's a fun thing to do, just trying to...
1: Well, it counts. You know, never mind. An extraordinarily kind man. And I think that came across in his music. It makes you think about people out there, like who knows if your mailman has the musical experience of John Prine. And music is one of those just strange industries where so many people can be so talented and just never have that break about how we may never have heard of John Prine and not be talking about him today if Chris Christopherson didn't stick around in that bar. And um, his most recent
0: album, To Forgiveness, 2018, really great album. Um, well, the first song is uh, When I Get to Heaven and it talks about all the things he's going to do when he gets to heaven. Uh, my favorite line of the song is smoke a cigarette it's nine miles long. He get to give up um, smoking in 1996 after I think it was some sort of surgery. I, neck, I, think I think he, he, had, he and, had some um, kind of
1: mild form of cancer, I believe. Yeah. And it's just a great song. And it does give
0: you some consolation that he seems like he's thinking about life after death and uh, has some uh, sort of uh, image. And I, I can visual. I hope he's having a cocktail up in heaven. Yeah, idea,
1: ideally, th- that that songs like that are give you a hope that at least while he was taken away too early and abruptly by coronavirus, he had some peace of mind when it came time for him to go.
0: And uh, of course our main subject for today, uh, Nathaniel Rayliff has an excellent uh, cover of a song from the tree of forgiveness, um, summer's end. Um, they were uh, you know, kind of same style, kind of Americana of Country and uh, I, I love Ray Liff's version almost as much as uh, Prime's mm-hmm. version.
1: Absolutely, it's fantastic. And it's, it's it's strange that 1996 was kind of a turning point in Prime from his voice because he had that surgery, and all of a sudden his voice is still great, but he had a whole new level of kind of raspiness that went along with it that was that was not present in his earlier recordings, and also he so. That single, the Marigold singles, there's two songs that Rateliff released. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Summer's In was one and the other was Sam Stone, which I love that cover that Prime and Rateliff did together of Sam Stone because it's a great song, but gosh, it's, it's tough to listen to, too. It's heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, people just think about Prime, you know, mostly as kind of a light, funny, you know, witty kind mm-hmm. of songwriter, but I mean that that song is about a, a Vietnam vet dealing with addiction is you know, that that is tough to listen to. But another another you know example. Yeah, absolutely. Like
1: how how many songwriters can you find out there that write with the, the humor and wit that Prime does, but then can switch into something like sandstone, with the the main hook of the chorus being there's a hole in Daddy's arm where all the money goes, Jesus Christ died for nothing, I suppose. No, no one, no one writes music like that anymore. It's just ridiculous.
0: Well, someone, may I contend, someone who writes music like that is Nathaniel Rayliff on his 2020 album, and That's it's Fair. still all right. You know, I think I think it fits in the theme of the. You know, I don't want to say it's kind of morbid to say fits in the theme of prime dying, but you know, Rayliff's album does deal with death. Is you know, we talked about before how. The death of a loved one you know can profoundly affect you and that came out when um ray Liff's friend and producer richard swift suddenly died and that found its way into a lot of ray Liff songs
1: yeah i mean some of these it, it kind of is fitting that you hate to say it, it's tragically fitting that this album came out with all of its Dealing with grief, I, I feel like it's something a lot of people can relate to right now, given the circumstances, given the the global pandemic, the themes of loss and just hardship. And I, I think this album is probably really good for a lot of people right now because it's a way for them to kind of for their emotions to come to fruition a little bit, uh, and kind of ha- have something substantive that they can point to and show how they're feeling and i think it's relatable for a lot of people right now No, i think that's a good point i saw originally he wanted to his original name for the
0: album was going to be all or nothing mm. third yeah. track on the album but he said well it's not really all or nothing is it you know there is there's some hope and so he he went with this the second song on the album and it's still all right and um i do he released that single first and i do think it is my favorite, my second favorite song in the album, actually, Tonight Number Two. I to Love it. Tonight Come Number favorite two. Songs. Love Tonight favorite Song Two. Tonight Number Two. Uh, and it's still all right. And I like how they're all so another thing we both thought was interesting, how they're kind of written mm-hmm. in the same vein, with the same kind of tune as Night Sweat songs, the group that backs it's backed for 8Lift, um, past ten years or so you know, it's just without their extra instruments and without that extra, like, kind of energy, you know, these the yeah. are more contemplative, and um, because they're dealing with, you know, a little yeah. bit more weighty issues, death and his divorce, maybe not directly, but another experience that went into his album was Raleigh's
1: Absolutely, from his wife. and I think that you know, as much as I love the Night Sweat's album, because but they are so much fun and so high energy, this is such a drastic change I think he kind of needed to take this step back and go acoustic for this album because if he did record kind of the substance he has on this album and the style of the Night Sweats, it honestly, it would have come across as almost inappropriate. It it seems like he wouldn't have been taking it seriously. It just, it's not the right tone. And I really, as well as the Night Sweats were doing, I really respect that he kind of had the awareness to take a step back and say, I'm going through something and have that self-awareness of I need to take a step back and realize that I kind of need to strip it down a little bit because I can't keep doing this all this high energy the brass and the background it wouldn't have been right.
0: So the uh, just some background information on the album: uh, it is Rateless' first solo album since 2013. Um, the album we mentioned was written as a tribute to his friend Richard Swift. It topped the um, US billboard number five as a rock album. And um, yeah, so, I mean, when I found that out, I thought that was kind of surprising, but I mean, it is such a great album and it's popular, because it shows its popularity among the Americana and American rock community. It's only, it's 10 songs, uh, but it comes in um, 42, just over 42 minutes. Um, The longest song is six minutes, um, but most of the songs are like four minutes and I, so it's just very even album you know there wasn't one that um stood out and i don't mean that like stood out as better but as far as like they're, they're all kind of pretty much the same except for tonight number two which i really maybe some songs from phosphorescent um that artist who kind of does ex more experimental music mm-hmm. in this genre but i just love that song because yeah. it doesn't remind me of anything you know, it's just kind of floating in and out. And, uh, floating is a really good way to describe nice that
1: song. too. I I'd really consider that, but that's a really good word for it. So,
0: I there was I wanted to mention that this um, Rolling Stone magazine is doing these videos from artist homes um, where they're quarantined and and playing. Um, some of the most famous songs, Graham Nash did an excellent Crosby Stills, Nash and Young set. And um highly encourage everyone to go check out Nathaniel Rayliff's um video where he, he sings a few songs from uh his house in Colorado off this uh, album. And um unlike me, Matt has been to a uh, Nathaniel Rayliff and the Night Sweats concert. And I am probably not so jealous of that as now when um, you know can't really do anything in a concert. Oh, absolutely. I'd give anything
1: for a concert right now. I I was pretty upset because uh, I was planning on going to see Jason Isbell in the 400 unit come June in Atlanta. He was playing. He was doing two nights at a pretty small venue just outside Atlanta. And I was planning on going to see him. But I don't know if they officially, those shows have officially been canceled yet, but I don't see really any way they're packing that many people into a, into a little theater like that anytime soon.
0: No. Well, uh, I know I joined everybody else in the United States in the world and saying, I hope this, uh, this pandemic will pass sooner rather than later, if not, <laughs> so that we can just go to concerts. Much bigger issues than that, but um, that is something. Absolutely. A, a small concerned.
1: issue, but an important one. Small in the grand scheme of everything that's going on right well, now, though. Absolutely.
0: Matthew Ice, it was excellent to hear your voice. Do you have any parting
1: messages? Uh, for definitely go check out and it's still all right. A personal favorite of mine is Kissing Our Friends is uh so there's a really good one that one addresses more of his uh his he's divorced with his current ex wife now and how they'll resort to finally getting back together with new people acting like they don't care that the other person is seeing people, but they both know that they do and so that one uh that that one is really well written despite being a relatively short song, so I recommend everyone to go check out the album, especially that song is a personal favorite of mine and thank you so much for having me Jackson. It's been the highlight of my day.
0: Absolutely. We'll have to have you on again soon. Thank you for tuning in to Kai side book club. um, The podcast. We hope to have many more episodes up uh, soon. Adios.